Imagine being hired for a job and then having to wait a whole year before you can actually start working. We'll stick around and hear this story from our guest today on the Here at Home podcast. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, your host for the Here at Home podcast. And today's episode, believe it or not, is our first episode of season three. So we're glad to be back. And today's episode is a very special get to know you episode as we have a chance to get to know our newest ministerial staff member, Mr. Nathan Bottomley. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Hello. We're glad to have you here today. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's been a long, long wait. Oh, something like that. <laughs> well, as I said, today's episode is really all about getting to know you, uh, being, yeah. like I said, one of the, the newest staff members here. And we'll talk about your unique starting circumstances a little bit later, but I thought it would be good. Let's get to know Nathan a little bit. So Nathan, where were you, where were you born, uh, raised? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your geography first. Yeah, so I was born in Oshawa, Ontario, and I lived in the same house from zero to 18. Oh, wow. In a little town called Pontypool, Ontario. Pontypool. 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 Yeah, Pontypool, Ontario. Like how big, how big population? Oh, man. I mean, there was like uh, literally a dozen streets. <laughs> it was like a small, it, it's really part of like a bigger municipality in the okay. area. The Kawartha Lakes, it was called. Uh, but this was like a little town, three or four towns that size shared an elementary school. So we like call it a subdivision down here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, and we were not even in the subdivision. We were like out in the country. Out in the country, there was, wow. There were trees on all four sides. Wow. <laughs> so a country boy. Yeah, something like that. A Canadian country boy. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard those two t words put together, but yeah. Yeah, oh, they exist. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> all right, so birth through 18, Tell us yep. a little bit about your, so that's really home, that, that, that place. Oh yeah. Me and my sister used to joke about who would buy that house when we were older. Ah. And now neither of us are even close. <laughs> Nobody wants it. <laughs> well, I don't think either of us want to go back. Nobody wants to go back. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned a sister. You have any other siblings? Yeah. So my sister, Sarah and my brother, Mark. Okay. Both younger. You have a brother, Mark. I have a brother, Mark. Oh, it's a good name. Yeah, it's me, then my brother, then my sister. So, how? What's the age difference? Uh, me and my brother are a year and a half apart, and then okay. my brother to my sister is two years. So y'all pretty close. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were close growing up. Yeah, still yeah. close relationally. Relationally, it, we when like when we were growing up, we went through like seasons of someone was close to someone, and then you were closer to the other or you were the odd one out. But yeah, no, we're, we're all close. We all got along. Uh, we all appreciate the time that we spend together. That's nice. Yep. And you're the oldest. Yeah. Yep. First born. First born. Me too. 23. Yeah. <laughs> That's how old you are now? That's my current age. Current age. Yep. Yeah. So you've only been removed from that house for five years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty well. Wow. Now you have your own family and it yep. has been growing. So tell us a little bit about, uh, about your current family. Yeah, for sure. So Faith and I got married June 6th of 2020. I had to think about that for a second. Um, and then our daughter, Sayla, was born right after Hurricane Ian, hmm. September 30th. 
this year. So she's two months old. Like two days after the hurricane. Yeah. Because wasn't it the 28th was the hurricane? I think 27th? The, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember which day the hurricane was. But it was, it was was pretty close. Yeah. And we were in the hospital the next evening. Yeah. Yeah. The hospital that got flooded. Yeah. It was crazy. (laughs) We were looking out the window and all the cars are, you know, they're, they're not in the parking spots as they were. Yeah. So Selah. Selah. Yeah. From the Psalms. Oh, yes. Yeah. Precious. I saw her last night here at church with your wife. So. Yep. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about your, your parents? Yeah. So my parents, uh, neither was born in Canada. My dad was born in England. My mom was born in Trinidad. Both moved to Canada later on, met each other, got married. Um, and then we're not, uh, they had really no interest in becoming Christian. Mm. or following the Lord. Uh, and then they were both saved and baptized in 97 and I was born in 98. Wow. So, you know, I think their whole life aspirations and everything changed when, uh, they met Jesus. Mm. I bet that's a neat story. Oh yeah. I, it's one of the most fascinating testimonies to me is my dad's. Wow. So, well, maybe we'll get him on the show someday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of coming to know Christ, tell us how you came to know the Lord. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, my parents were both saved my whole childhood. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church uh, every Sunday, went through a couple different churches, uh, all for long periods of time. Um, went to a home church for a while and that pastor at the home church, which is the first one I can like remember, uh, ended up being the pastor that baptized me later in a different church. Hmm. Um, yeah, my parents are both like super solid Christians uh, and raised us in such a way. Um, so when I was 12, I began to take my own faith seriously um, and realize that you can't ride someone else's coattails into heaven. Hmm. Um, so it actually meant something to me that my sins count for something. Uh, and so uh, when I was 12, um, yeah, I took that seriously and surrendered my life to, to Jesus mm. and to follow him. Thank goodness by his grace. <laughs> Amen. And haven't looked back. No, no, it has been one strung together story and I'm, I'm content, content with it and obviously continue to strive and grow in Christ likeness and will do the, with whatever days I have left. <laughs> yeah. How did you meet Faith? Uh, Faith and I met in, so there was a church that was planted in uh, the Durham region in Ontario. And I believe her family started going when it opened. And my family started attending the launch meetings before it opened. Mm. Um, and so Faith became friends with my sister. Uh, and back then I said I would never, like, it's one of Sarah's friends. This is gross. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Faith told my sister I'll never date one of your older brothers. And then we changed churches and went to a church in Peterborough, Ontario, uh, later. And, uh, even years after that, then faith family switched and started coming to that church. They had moved that direction. And for whatever reason at that time, there was interest between faith and I, Mm -hmm. and, uh, we, how old were you at that point? I think I was 19. Okay. 19. And then faith and I were married at 20. Well, I was 21 when we got married. Youngins. Yep. <laughs> that is pretty neat, though, that you had met her earlier. Yep. Separated. Ended yep. up back. The Lord brought you back together. So, yeah. yeah. Also a very interesting uh, story over time. 
That's probably one I need to have her in here as well to make sure I get the equal. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to remember to give her detail as well, yeah. but I'm pretty sure she would say those those same things. I'll tell the story of how we met, and I met my wife, and it'll it'll be a couple of minutes, and my wife will tell the story, and it'll be 20 minutes. So <laughs> I'm I'm yep. not I'm not quite as good with the detail, but you're probably like my wife probably would give the longer, more detailed version, right? I'd probably keep it short to be <laughs> <Okay>. honest. <with> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Serving now in ministry, uh, when did that call come into your life? Yeah, I think that when you're called by the Lord to do something, there is a series of, um, like, your skills play into that, your abilities play into that, your own desires play into that, um, and it's it can be, you know, affirmed by other people mm-hmm. as you're progressing and trekking through learning those things, especially for me, because it was, like, my teenage years. Um, I started to learn to play guitar in grade three. We say grade three in Canada, by the way, not third grade. Um, in grade three, I started to learn to play guitar. I was like always singing. I think there's pictures and videos when I was a kid. I used to put like the tissue box and the uh, paper towel roll together and like, you know, jam it like I was on some world stage of some sort. Um, so that's kind of where the, the passion for music started. And then- Were your parents musical? Uh, neither of them would say they are, and I would affirm that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I started playing guitar, was singing all the time, uh, went from playing guitar to playing, I was trying to play everything I could play. The drums, the piano, uh, the bass guitar, went through high school, and like me and I had a close friend in high school, and our goal was to get to the end of grade 12 music with 100%, and both of us did. Hmm. Um, and that whole time I had desired to, I wanted to be a worship leader. Like I wanted to do church music. Where did that come from though? That's a good question. Um, I think I had such an appreciation for, um, like hymns and church music in the churches we had been in. And I mean, whether right or wrong, when I was younger, like I really wanted to play on stage. Um, and so I got to, you know, serve in like youth worship I got to serve uh, playing bass with like our Sunday morning worship team at the church at the time. Um, and as when I was able to drive, I started playing music just anywhere I could. Didn't even have to be in church at that point. It was just, I just wanted to play music everywhere mm-hmm. I aspired to do. I would tell everybody I just want to do something with music. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a little bit interesting because one of the things that kind of deflated my drive, I guess at that time was it's really hard to find a solid church in Canada that is even large enough to employ a worship leader. And I always, like my own thoughts, the worship leader, if you're gonna employ one, is, is gonna be around your third job, maybe. Mm. You know, you need your lead pastor. You need, if at that point, a second would be like an associate pastor. And then, you know, then you might look at hiring a worship leader. But that was, I mean, the churches to find a good solid church sizable enough to do that. Um, you were far and few between. Yeah, it would have been, I would have been searching a while. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that kind of wavered in and out. And then, um, yeah, I just kept getting older, kept doing it. And then I told myself that uh, I w- wished so much that there would be, you know, that like glowing arrow, like go this way, do this thing, mm-hmm. and the Lord will make it work. You know, what is the will of the Lord? That's what I wanted, the arrow lighting up a path, uh, which obviously didn't come. Um, but I, uh, so I just kept doing music, any kind. And I said, whatever works, it's gonna be because the Lord makes it work. 
and um, I put out like a, an EP of just kind of like pop songs, singer songwriter oh. stuff. And then three years later, I put out another one, and it was all all Christian songs instead. So I wrote Christian songs, played the drums, played the bass, did all the post production, wow. did everything, put it out, and I was kind of using that as a gauge, like let's see what can happen here. And Spotify picked up one of the songs on that EP and put it in one of their curated playlists. Mm. And it took, I think, two weeks for that song to be played more times than all the other songs in the other EP. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I think this, I'll use this as something affirmative and run with this. Wow. So, and uh, anyway, that was just, that to me was like a, an affirming uh, point in time for sure. Can folks still go listen to that on Spotify or Apple Music? Oh, it's that still EP? there. Yeah. It's still there. I'm gonna have to go check that out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Are you proud of it still, or is it I something am, like, yeah. okay. I, I, like in doing, I don't, know, I don't want to sound cocky talking about like all the music and stuff I've done, but like I did a lot of like, I, you know, we had a band and we went around kind of Southern Ontario and different places for whatever reason, played a bunch of whatever. And so when I did this Christian EP, the whole point of the Christian EP was like, this is really the music that I would like love to do. And there's a, there's an interlude in there where I had as much musical fun as I could, just creating like a layer of sound. Um, and it's called The Reason. And then the whole song is me talking about what really spurred me to like change, like why do this Christian EP when all this other music was at the time profitable, was working. We had people that loved doing it, loved coming to see it. Hmm. Um, and really it's because in my school courses, there was a book we had read about the day of the Lord, the coming day of the Lord, the coming day of judgment. It's like, I'm surrounded by people that don't know Jesus and I'm doing music and I have, you know, enough people would listen to this, that this could be impactful. Whether or not it was, I don't know. Hopefully it was to somebody, but. But that um, song explains. Yeah. That song literally says, you know, this is something that hit me wow. so hard. Yeah. Wow. That I would love, I hope when the day of the Lord comes and, you know, the Lord returns, I love for the people that I know and love around me to know the Lord as well. Maybe we can put a, a link to both Spotify and Apple <laughs> Music in, in the show notes of this uh, yep. <laughs> this podcast because I'm I want to go listen to it now. I really do hear a little bit oh, of the yeah. backstory there. <laughs> well, hey, let's get to talk a little bit about the the one year wait that I teased about at the very beginning of our uh, yep. of our podcast because you began here under some very unusual circumstances yeah. Uh, because the church you went through the whole process of being hired like any other minister here would go through where mm -hmm. there was a committee involved it got personnel committee was involved the elders were involved the elders made a recommendation to the church body the church body then voted and everything was like yay now there was a little caveat even at the very beginning that you know nathan is a canadian citizen and so <laughs> this could take a few months yep to get all the paperwork, yeah, <laughs> I'll just use that phrase. I know there's, it's a lot uh, taken care of, and then he'll be able to start. And and I think the vote was in like September. Yeah, September twelve, I believe, yeah. was call Sunday, like when I came and led worship. Yeah, and I think that evening was when we voted. Yeah. Okay. So we're thinking end of the year, maybe worst <laughs> case scenario. So first of the year of 2022, he'll be up and ro rolling. But that came and went. Yep. February came and went, March, April, May, June, <laughs> July. Oh yeah. Uh, so it was it was almost exactly a year. When, 
Um, from it was just over over a, a year. year. I think in technically it'd be like a year and three weeks. A year and three weeks before the official paperwork was all <laughs> finished. Yeah, and and so explain to our listeners just a little bit about when when I say paperwork. I mean, what you know, what's the big deal? You know, why can't you just you know sign a few papers and start working here? What 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 all was going on with that? Yep. So because I'm born and raised and Canadian through and through, uh, as far as anyone is concerned, um, when I got hired here, like that's the job offer extended to me. And that then means that I can file with immigration to stay here on a work visa. Okay. And more specifically, because it's uh, church work, it's a religious work visa. Um, and I think originally they said this should be about six weeks. Six weeks became eight weeks, became hopefully by January, as you're saying. I mean, when we got to September, yeah, it had been a year. Um, but yeah, for me to legally work in the States, the federal government basically needs to approve that I am okay to work here. They wanted to see that the church in Canada had similar beliefs to the church I would be going to here, hmm. so McGregor. Um, they wanted to know, obviously they do the whole background check, background check, um, you know, make uh, sure maybe that's what took so long, <laughs> make sure they're not, you know, <laughs> bringing a, a criminal into the country. Um, yeah. And it was, but it's just, it was a long, tedious process. And my understanding is with what's all gone on the last couple of years, it has lengthened what would have normally been. I assume they blamed it on COVID. Yeah, effectively, <laughs> you know, it was, it should be six weeks. Oh, well, they're just backed up because of COVID <laughs> yeah. and, and on and on it goes. <laughs> Blame everything. Okay. So you and faith went ahead and moved on down here. Yep. Uh, in anticipation of that being six to eight weeks, <laughs> maybe a little longer, yep. worst case scenario, you wanted to be here. You wanted to be ready. You wanted to go ahead and start getting involved, you know, as far as attending the church, meeting, building relationships, couldn't yep. start working, but could be involved in the church as a, as a, as a church member. So you guys did that, right? Yep. Yeah. I think we like, as soon, basically, you know, faith and I did not attend McGregor until call weekend. There was one like blip in uh, like late July or early August where we wanted to come and see, you know, Check cause, it out. cause we're in the middle of this whole interview process. So we came in discreetly. Uh, and then, you know, kind of left quick. That's when you met my wife, right? Yes. <laughs> that was that and day. And she didn't know who and, you guys And were. Faith and I didn't know what to say because one of the questions about, oh, you're trying to find a life group. We were, uh, she was, oh, why are you here? And I was like, uh, uh, Faith and I were both, I don't know, wh how much truth do we give here? <laughs> um, anyway, in the end, I mean, we kind of disappeared and then came back in September that call weekend and we've been attending every Sunday since, since then we, I think we were in the next member class. We were mm -hmm. members by the next, you know, member meeting yeah. and then started getting involved in volunteer capacities. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know that there had to be a certain level of frustration because, <laughs> uh, it put it mildly. I mean, if I'm in your shoes, yep. that's, that's gotta be a hard, hard thing to do to wait that long. What were some of the things that, that God was teaching you through this process? Oh boy, I learned a lot. <laughs> Remembering it all is gonna be tough. Um, I think, well, first and foremost, um, because it's probably the one that you see at face value, like being patient. Hmm. I mean, you know, I was like so excited that I finally have been, have a job offer from a church to be a worship leader. Um, and then you gotta wait. 
And then that waiting becomes twice what you thought, four times what you thought. I mean, literally a year, right? Exponentially. Um, so it, like learning patience. Um, however, that was really helpful um, because one of the other things that I learned, um, I'm fairly, Faith and I are opposites in that Faith is the, everything can be stressful quickly. You just have to think about, you know, if you think about it enough, it becomes stressful. I am the not bothered. Hmm you know, like water off the duck's back kind of yeah. thing. It, it would take a lot to get me frustrated or angry or like it's, it, that's a very progressive long um, process for me. So, however, because of the way everything went, like I really got to learn like you can't control everything. And so it was like leaning into the peace and the comfort that the Lord provides. It was leaning into trusting God hmm. and, and more so, than ever before because there's always been, you know, things I could fall back on or things I could do or family was there. Like since we've been down here, I haven't seen my family. Um, you know, there's, we're waiting on a visa. I can't do, I literally can't do anything. I can't go find, you know, other, another work, source yeah. of work or something like that. Um, so that was like a, my prayer life got better. My, it, the free time was really helpful for a while. I started plowing through books hmm. that I probably would not have. Yeah. had I been doing something. Um, and it provided a lot of good time to like meet people, um, to get involved with, you know, various things or, or like, again, volunteer ministry around the area. Um, but the, yeah, the biggest kicker for both faith and I, we learned is like, you just, you cannot be God of your own life. I wanted, I had wanted to plan everything out. Faith's more of a planner than I am, but I was just, you know, in a couple of years, this will happen. In a couple of years, this will happen. Um, Ironically, with the baby, that was not planned. Uh, not the timing I would have chosen at all. But obviously, I'm like joyous that it happened the way it did. Right. Um, because again, I would have tried to pin it down my yeah. way. Yeah. So it, it all served as a really good uh, growing opportunity for me. Well, I think I know for me personally, just seeing you and your faithfulness and consistency, you guys being here. Um, I never heard you once complain. It just, that was, that was an encouragement to me and I'm sure it was probably an encouragement to a lot of people to see somebody where things continued for a long period of time, not going the way they would have <laughs> planned or thought or hoped they would have gone. And yet still trusting God, yep. he's in control, he's sovereign, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can rest in, and have peace in that. And yeah. so I think you, you exuded that. Maybe some of that is your personality a little bit, but <laughs> I think at the same time, it still could have gotten to a point where it would have been very discouraging. And I, I don't think I ever saw that on your face uh, yeah. through this whole process. I think there, there may have been times or even, I mean, the odd time we would get comments, you know, like, are you sure then that this is, yeah. are you sure this is what the Lord wants? Cause you still don't have a visa. Yeah. And I, I said confidently from the beginning, um, obviously not anticipating the length, but I said, if the visa comes back approved and we can work and stay, then that is what the, the Lord mm -hmm. wants. And if it's declined and faith and I have to leave, then same thing. That is what the Lord, the Lord wants. Lord has spoken. Yeah. Yeah. So God is sovereign and resting in that. I've never had to rest in it so much or lean into it like I did. Yeah. And, you know, prayerfully continue to now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a mm, slow process if we ever consider hiring another Canadian, though. I, 
I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> hey, let's talk a little bit about your role here at McGregor. Uh, what your title is, and what are some of the some of the bigger areas of of ministry that you that you oversee that you're responsible for here. Yeah, for sure. So my title is worship leader. Um, some of the things I do, I mean, I think the most overt is on Sunday morning. Um, we have the, it's, I think about 75% of the time it's two service styles, um, which the, you know, the last week of the month we have the, all three services are the same, mm -hmm. but I'm doing the band led services, which tend to be three times out of four, the 11 o'clock services. Right. Um, Beyond the Sunday, the planning, the rehearsals, and coordinating people in that capacity is kind of like a smaller version of that in the McGregor student ministry. Mm -hmm. um, so I am uh, planning out people to make sure they can lead in middle school worship. Uh, I like to be in there. Those kids are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's it, I, more time back there with the students is spent with the high school band. Um, so same thing, planning them, you know, giving them songs, doing their Devo on, on Wednesday, um, and then practicing with them so that they have a, a service on Wednesday nights. Yeah. So you're really involved in a lot of mentoring, discipling though, especially when you're dealing with the high school, uh, yeah. age students, not sure you do it with your Sunday morning group as well, but I can imagine yeah. the, the, the investment in those younger students' lives. Yeah. There's a, the, the Sunday portion is interesting because the band has their own, it's like the band has a life group, mm -hmm. the band life group, uh, which I do not teach. I'm just in. Um, so that's like a, that's a big portion of, of them growing uh, here. Um, we do, it's something smaller that I, it's kind of attached to practice, but obviously the point of practice is the practicing. Right, yeah. So it's kind of, it is a smaller portion of the night, but yeah, with the students, like the Devo and I think growing the band together is important and it's uh it's interesting to see for sure. And, and having that passion as a teenager yourself to be able to now be investing in, in others, it may be something, have something very similar, or maybe it's just starting to bud and you have a chance to bring it out even more. Yeah, for sure. I think, and I think that's really unique because when I was, again, when I was young, like I just wanted to be a worship leader. Um, now, nobody has overtly said that to me. Uh, not yet, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, I mean, you know, it's not just Sunday. It's not just Wednesday. Like we live worshipful lives. And I think a big part of that is I hope that they are seeing or learning from me through the devos and the time we get to spend together, that that is the point. Worship yeah. leading is not the 30 minute set on the stage right. or it's not the in back in youth. It's not the 20 minutes before and the closer afterwards. It's like, if you're a worshiper and a lead worshiper it's living a worshipful life mm. it's a way of living yeah and you'd be surprised how much they watch of your life and the impact that you're having yeah yeah you might not know it all the time but <laughs> might find out like four years later when they come up and tell you yeah yep. um let's wrap this up with this question what are you most excited about in serving here at mcgregor oh man i can't narrow that to the one <laughs> um most excited about in serving um I think kind of what I just said, I think this is, I am, like I said, I'm ecstatic that I finally get to be involved in vocational ministry. Just working. Just, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, between the wait and wanting to do this for such a long time, I'm very excited to like actually be in vocational mm -hmm. ministry. You know, this is the job is leading. However, that comes with high, uh, I don't want to say high stakes, but I mean, it is a, it is a 
you know, a calling to do that is, is severe mm. to be put in front of a congregation of, and this is, you know, a bigger church of the churches I've been to. This is, I think the biggest church. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, just it's, it is being uh, a good example of what a worshipful lifestyle is. And it is, like I said, it's not just on the platform. It's how you live outside. It's, I'm still learning to be, a better husband. I'm still learning to be obviously very freshly a, a father and I want to do those things well. Mm. Um, and then portray that this is all for the glory of the Lord, mm. um, in those roles and in this role, I just want, you know, I want people to know Jesus and those that know Jesus, I want them to strive to grow, to be Christ-like. Amen. Yeah. Well, we're excited that you're here and officially uh, <laughs> working and serving. So that's uh, that, it's awesome. The wait I think was worth it. And I'm I sure so. I'm sure you do too. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up this episode of Here at Home, and thank you, Nathan, for joining us and being a part of our Here at Home podcast community. Have you uh, ever been on a podcast before? No, this, this will be the first. First one. All right. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you listen to the Here at Home podcast, but maybe you'll at least listen to this one. Uh, no. <laughs> Subscribe if you haven't. And I'll tell that to any of our new listeners. If you're out there listening and you haven't yet subscribed, please take a moment to subscribe. Leave us a review also. And again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a couple weeks right back here at 